0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Board Game Mechanics. I'm Katie, and with me, as always, is...
1: Hey, guys, what's going on? It is Jason.
0: Well, it is almost summer. By the time you're hearing this, if you're listening in real time, I mean, I guess it's not real time, but... As the episodes air, we are heading into Memorial Day weekend. So that's sort of the unofficial start of summer. And it has been kind of like nasty hot for a few days here in Ohio.
1: Yeah, it's weird because it was just like winter, like last week. <laughs> right. So, yeah, it's weird.
0: We're used to it here, but it's been hot, and pools are opening, and our kids get out of school this week. So, yay! Yeah, recording um, over the summer should be an adventure.
1: I mean we'll just go back to doing it at nighttime like normal.
0: Yeah, we try we, we've been doing it during the day. We've been doing a lot of things during the day while we're both working at home and our kids are at school that we will have to change like n- no going out to lunch at places that our kids hate and running around doing errands and I don't I just sit and bask in the silence actually a lot of the time <laughs> during the day.
1: I mean to be fair, we could still go to places our kids hate but we don't because we're not terrible human beings.
0: And they'll just complain the whole time. So it's like a That's punishment to true. us. Not.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So yeah, I hope I don't know if anyone has any summer plans, but we are kicking off our summer with a little board gaming weekend. So that should be fun. I'm sure you'll hear about a lot of the games played next week, but today's episode is kind of gearing up for summer in general. Um so I don't know. I don't do. You, I don't have any more banter. I was trying to think if there are any other.
1: Um, let me think. Let me ponder. Let me go back into my Rolodex of zany banter. Oh, my
0: gosh. You have none. The other thing I was thinking about was when I started, I feel like I use like my announcer voice sometimes at the top of the episode. And then I slowly slip into my regular voice as we go on. And it made me think about how much I have been pondering what like a career in. Voiceover and announcing, and part of that is that I think too much of myself. Number one, um, but number two, the other part is watching too many like A and E, WWE legends biographies, where I listen to the announcers and think, "Man, wouldn't that be a really cool job? Like, I think I could do that. I think I could do voiceover or like color commentary. Like, we watch we've been watching a lot of baseball games and. I just think it would be fun just to, like chat about sports <laughs> i mean maybe that's everyone's like dream job i don't know just mine
1: it's not it's not my dream job so no i don't want to do that
0: why not don't you think it would be fun to just like
1: to talk for three hours yeah no that is nothing sounds fun about that
0: and to be fair that's kind of what i do for a living <laughs> when i teach i am talking for like sometimes three hours usually it's more closer to like it's closer to like two hours but
1: yeah after about an hour of recording the podcast i'm good i'm done
0: i mean yeah i guess it's that says a lot about my personality that i would just talk for hours (laughs) on it all right well speaking of talking for hours let's get this hour talk started and i will start talking about news that's a pretty good segue yeah
1: that was a good segue. Yeah, don't don't keep doing that. That'll then people will expect it. It just becomes an ordeal.
0: <laughs> i just have to think things out and plan ahead and then everything becomes produced and it's like, you know, we're getting paid or something and no.
1: It's like we're in the tantrum house or man versus meeple or something. Stop. And then...
0: In the background you can probably hear a cat playing with one of our kids' toys. So that like brings the factor down pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't ruin it because our youngest will be real ticked she's playing with that fuzzy pink thing
1: oh yeah she nah it'll be fine it should be fine she's
0: beating it around all right so for news the first uh game i want to talk about is a little different and i want to talk about it just because of its uniqueness i don't know that i mean it's not something i would play but yet it's still a really good idea like it's a good idea and this especially talking about our kids um being home from school. It is called Seek Out, a nature adventure game. And what this game is, is it's a series of cards, basically. And they have different kind of objectives. It's like a scavenger hunt, where you have one person who, I forget what they're called. They're the holder, the... (laughs) I'm I'm doing a makeup job right away with this.
1: We'll just call them the nature boy.
0: They... Stop The keeper I was tying that
1: in to your up top thing.
0: The keeper of the cards. Bowie does not tie into well, actually, he's not the Rick one. Rick
1: Flair wins. is the nature boy. come oh, on.
0: Oh, that one. Okay. Woo. Okay, so the keeper of the cards is the actual name. So they hold on to these cards and other people are seekers. And so each of the cards has different things to seek, like um, seek out something older than you. So they can be really kind of vague or something stronger than you, or they can get more specific, like seek out a bird song, seek out um, water on a plant, seek out a feather. And so it's just cards that – You know, tell you, and they've also got you know really interesting like ways to get a little bit deeper. So like one may say, seek out a water puddle, and then it says, dig in, look around, and try to figure out where the water came from and how it got to the puddle. And then there's even another thing that says, dig deeper. Puddles are often full of plant animal life. Can you find at least one plant and one animal in the puddle? So you can do all different levels with this, but it's the idea is that it gets kids specifically. But I mean. This is something that we could do with our kids to get them out in nature instead sort of sitting in front of a screen, going out and looking for things um, and even thinking about nature in different ways, like seek out something stronger than you seek out evidence of water. So it's kind of pushing the boundaries of what they know and understand about nature and then also gives them, you know, kind of a game to do. We like to go out for walks with our kids. um, And, you know, I try to point out things like, oh, look at that. Or sometimes we'll see, you know, we saw a snapping turtle once. We saw a deer once. Um, You know, we look at different plants. You know, I talked to them about irises, my youngest, that's her middle name. So we looked at all the yards that we could find that had irises growing in them right now. Um, So this is kind of another uh, way to encourage that with your kids or even them go out themselves. I mean, it's as long as they can read. But there's also pictures that you they could kind of, if you have a pre-reader, the pictures can kind of help, you know, point towards what they're looking for. Because they, they are fairly like the pictures do suit what the item is on the card. Um, even something on vacation, if you're exploring a new place, like this seems like a really neat way to kind of get kids involved. So that's Seek Out, a Nature Adventure card game. There are Five days left in the Kickstarter if that's something that interests you, and it's just 20 bucks. So, I mean, this is something that you could make up on your own, but for only 20 bucks, you get this nice little pouch they come in. You got these nice laminate cards that go into, um, you know, some fun facts and some different ways to look at things. Like, it just seemed like a a cool, different thing, um, especially thinking about now that our kids are getting out of school.
1: Yeah, I actually think this is a cool idea. Yeah, it's just basically a scavenger hunt, but it gives you some. The cards look don't look bad. I'm looking at the pictures right now; It looks pretty good. And you know, for twenty bucks, it's not not a bad deal idea or deal really.
0: Right. It also makes me think of like homeschools. We know we know a lot of people who homeschool. A lot of homeschoolers. I got so much to say about homeschool, so I'm not. Um, <laughs> if you homeschool more power to you man cuz i couldn't do it but you can even uh, there's some added ideas and even the more in-depth prompts on there to if you're working on you know physical science to have to talk about okay well what is different about maybe the water in this season versus another season or you know how did these things possibly come to be or you know there's all kinds of journal prompts and things and um you know making even experiments based off some of the things you find here or doing research papers because, you know, I'm thinking like an English person, you can combine the science and writing here. Like if if you want to go for the more formal education, as opposed to just doing something kind of for fun to keep their mi- their minds going. But I thought that was kind of neat. Seek out. Yeah, I think it's really cool. The next one is The Opposite. I don't want to say The Opposite, but it's a game that has been out for a long time, and actually, I have never played it, probably because... It's co-op. It's co-op, and it's like an attacking game like solely, so that makes sense. But I know a lot of people like this game, and it's Castle Panic. And out there in Kickstarter, Castle Panic has a deluxe edition, and some people are chomping at the bit for that kind of thing. So there's a couple different um, pledge levels and different things they have there. They've got um, like an upgraded like wooden bits version. They also have an upgraded... um, 3D castle plastic pieces. They've got monster minis. There's new artwork. There's new components of high quality wood. Um, there's a new expansion even. There's a play mat that you could add on. So you can go like all kinds of ways with this. Um, if you have Castle Panic, there is a wood addition that does not come... Um, with, like, the monster minis or the expansion components, but you get, like, the plastic castle pieces and then wooden monster tokens. And so that is $60. There's also another $60 pledge that is just the plastics only. So you get the plastic castle pieces, you get the monster minis. Um, But I think the true version of this Kickstarter, $90, you get the Castle Panic game, with the plastic pieces the wooden pieces um it doesn't give you components for any of the expansions but the basic game um is there with all its extra little bits so if you love castle panic and you're like man i wish this had cool plastic pieces now's your chance Six days left on that Kickstarter. Um, it's 60 bucks if you just want the wooden upgrades or if you want all the plastic upgrades. Or $90 to get the game if you've liked the game and you're like, I want a tricked out version of the game. $90 is where it's at. So that's Castle Panic Deluxe Edition.
1: Yeah, I think I would try this, especially since we've played after the Empire. I think the combat is kind of similar in this one mm-hmm. where you're trying to defend against the uh, faceless beasts trolls and orcs or whatever are coming to kill you.
0: I don't think they're faceless. They got wooden bits with them on there now.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah. So I, th- I, th- I think it's kind of the same thing where you're just trying to defend your castle against the incoming hordes. So it might be all right. I don't know if I love the co-op piece, but it might be fine.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't think I need to own it, but I, I would definitely give it a go because I know a lot of people really like this game a lot. Yeah, for sure. So going from a co-op game to a game that can be either solo or a two-player duel, um, the last thing I want to talk about today on News is Chai, T for Two. Now, Chai initially had um, a, a board game that played, I don't know, four or five players, I think.
1: Yeah, I think four for sure. I'm not sure if it did five, but four for sure. And
0: I think we had a print and play version or something, or a, I don't know, a prototype version.
1: Yeah, we had a prototype, yep.
0: Um, and it was fine. I I, I liked it because it is very, but it, it's very casual, almost too casual for me. Um But now this dual this so I I didn't initially look at this game, but I, I was like, well, let me check out the Kickstarter. It was suggested for me. The artwork, just like the regular try, is so, so pretty. And that always draws me in. But this two player version has some mechanics that I really dig. And it looks like it's a little even more in depth. Or has the opportunity to be more in-depth than the original Chai board game. So in Chai Tea for Two, you um, get your little tea plantation owner. They're adorable. I mean, they are so cute, these cards. So you you have one side, which is a basic player side that gives you um, kind of a type of tea um, to go for for bonus points. Or the other side gives you a unique player power, which, of course, I love me some player powers. Um, So then you are picking up tea and they actually you have your own board that's your plantation. And you once you pick the tea before tea can be shipped out, it's got to go through, you know, the drying process and a couple other things. So you move your actual different types of tea up the board to kind of go thematically with how it's moving through the different steps in the plantation before it gets to shipping. And then um, you can also play these different cards on the sides of your plantation board to help spur on that movement, to also give you points for that movement, um, or for different tea types, which I think is really cool. And then um, you also get these cards that allow you to like put tea on them. And they're like ships in the harbor that go off and fulfill your contract fulfillment. And how you get T and how you get contracts and get these cards is through dice worker placement, which I also freaking love, love. So you can do kind of an engine building part where you're saying, okay, I want to take this contract. Um, but you have to play dice on it in order to take it from somebody and certain types of dice go to get you certain types of contracts. Like this seems like there's a lot more going on in this two player version. And it's also freaking, I mean, you can get deluxe, which is expensive, but it looks amazing. They're like add ons of these gorgeous dice trays. Um, There's just a lot. It looks like a lot of stuff, going on at this two-player game. So that's Chai Tea for Two. If you liked Chai, or if you didn't, that looked too simple. This one might be worth checking out. So there's seven days left on that Kickstarter. And um, to get the basic level of the game, it is $39. So you get metal coins, T10s, T-tokens, stretch goals for that $39.
1: Nice. This one seems way better than the original one. Like. I'm actually would be excited to play this one. The original one was eh, kind of vanilla, but yeah, this one sounds a lot better.
0: Yeah, the original one was was fine. It was nice, um, but I just felt like it was too easy in some ways. And I think this seems to have a little bit more complexity rolled in there. A lot of different types of mechanics going on, which I think is pretty dope.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: So let's chai tea for two, and that's all I have for news this week.
1: Alright, so let's move in to some games that we played. We did get a chance to play some games. We have a standing weekly game night with our new Hotness buddy and his wife. And we actually played not a lot of new Hotness this time, but they were still quality games. And one of the first ones that we played is a Steffenfeld classic called Amerigo. So Amerigo is a game from Queen and Steffenfeld. It's in a big box, it has a cube tower. And what you're basically doing in this is you are trying to, you're dropping cubes into this tower. The colors that come out represent what actions you can do. And then the amount of the most color is the strength of that action, of the action that you pick you can take. And you're trying to move around this island. You're trying to build your trading houses on different islands so you can score points. You're trying to put polyomino tiles on the island to get resources. You're trying to get production tiles to multiply your resources. There's just a whole lot going on in, true Steffenfeld fashion, but it's enjoyable. And it's not super difficult to teach. It's actually probably one of his easiest ones to teach because the actions really aren't that complicated. But it's a solid game and I like it quite a bit. So this is your second time playing Amerigo, I think. Mm-hmm. What did you think about it this time?
0: I actually really liked it. I, I remember liking it the first time. And now that I played it once and I was like, oh yeah, I do know this game. Um, I still really liked it. I mean, I won handily. I mean, was
1: close. You only beat me by three points. That's true. You were close. Thank you very much.
0: The distance between first and last was rather large.
1: Yeah, it was large, yeah.
0: Um, But I like it seemed more natural. Again, I kind of had ideas about what choices I wanted to make. Um, and there's still, even in that, there's still so much randomness. And sometimes what comes out is you're like, crap, I don't really want that action. But... Uh, I got to make the mess of it. So that kind of forces you to choose different actions than you might not have chosen before. I just really like this game, which I think is weird because I feel it's polyaminoes. It's polyaminoes. Number one, which always do kind of did give me some pause. Um, The other issue is that I feel like there's a pretty clear path to victory.
1: Uh, Maybe, maybe if you're not exploring the Island, you're probably not going to get a bunch of points. That's probably true.
0: I mean, yeah, like, well, for me, I think it's buying the generic tiles.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, because they give you more points. That's true.
0: Yes, if you don't That's seek true. out. Because I honestly didn't explore that many places. But um, I, I, the ones I did, or maybe I just closed out a bunch of small islands and I explored them by myself and I, I used all generic tiles. I just got a bunch of points that way. And that set me up, I think, for the end. Although I don't feel like you played quite that same way, so maybe, maybe I'm wrong.
1: Yeah, I, I well, I was able to get two of the, new, the neutral tiles, so I was using a lot of neutral tiles as well. Hmm. So yeah. I think that it could be the main strategy, but I'm not 100% sure that that's the only way you can win. I don't know. That's just the way I happened to play this time, and you kind of did too. But I'm not 100% sure if that's, that's the fact or not.
0: I feel like that's the way I played last time too, but I don't remember.
1: Yeah, I don't. I couldn't tell you what I did last time. I probably lost again, so I, yeah, I don't know.
0: <laughs> it seemed like I played that way last time, and I won, but I'm not sure, because we played with Brandon, and you never know.
1: That's true. That is true.
0: But yeah, I liked it. I, I really like this one. I think it's good. I'd like to put it in a regular rotation. And it appears that I like Felds, because... I can, he's amazing? I can actually name three Felds right now, which is surprising. Do it. Amerigo, Merlin, Bonfire.
1: Nice. Yeah, good job.
0: I don't know any (laughs) any others right now beyond that, but I feel proud that I know those three are Feld. Actually, I probably wouldn't know this is a Feld if you hadn't said it at the top of the segment.
1: (laughs) It it doesn't really feel like a Feld to me that much, but it is a good game, though, nonetheless.
0: Yeah, I just know that Berlin's my favorite Feld because that's been drilled into my head. And then the fact that um, we just have wrestled through Bonfire a couple times and it reminds me a little bit of Merlin.
1: Mm-hmm. Did he? Yeah, do, it feels like a failed. Did
0: he do Aquasphere?
1: He does do Aquasphere.
0: Because I remember yeah. you saying that some of some of Bonfire reminds you Aquasphere. Look at me go! I'm going to figure out some publishers and designers after all.
1: Good job, yeah, I'm impressed. Yeah, I liked it. All right, so the next game we played also not a new hotness game, uh, and it is a game about Batman. And it is called the Batman Gotham City strategy game. It's a really dumb title. Like
0: Gotham City. Yeah, it's like the least <laughs> thematic, thought out period. It's awful.
1: Right. Because you're playing as a, in this game, you're playing as one of the villains. There's Killer Croc, Penguin, Joker, and Two-Face. Why there's no Catwoman.
0: Or Poison or Ivy.
1: Poison Ivy, I have no idea. Ridiculous.
0: But, Harley Quinn, come on.
1: Yes. But what you're basically doing in this is you are trying to control different blocks of Gotham City or different territories. I'm not sure what they actually call them. Maybe it's blocks. You're doing that by putting out threat tokens, which is basically like, you know, your influence in the area. You're also trying to get some of your minions out there or henchmen, I think. And then you also can put your main character out on the board. And if your main character is out in the block, you automatically control the area because, you know, no one wants to fight with one of the bad guys. So what you're trying to do is you're trying to complete these objective cards. You're going to play a card on your turn. You're trying to score points, Um, So you can up your level of your character. You need to get so much money. You need to get intel. You need to control a certain amount of the blocks. You're trying to be the first person to level up to level 10. But while you're doing that, people are going to be moving Batman around. You could even move Batman around. And he's going to come into the blocks and start slapping the villains around and making you lose threat, making your minions run away, all that type of thing. So it feels similar to like the Godfather in some aspects with the area control. But the way the card play works is actually kind of interesting. I like that because you're going to play a card. And on the top of the card, it's going to give the controller of a certain area the benefit of that area. It could be intel, it could be money, um, one of those things. And then the bottom part of the card, you can decide to use that for yourself, or you can discard it to put out more threat or take two of the resources. So it's multi-use cards. You have some decisions when you're playing the card. You're not just blindly playing the card and whatever happens, happens, which I kind of enjoy. And this is a Paolo Mori game, which I feel like he's all over the place with Dogs of War, Libertalia... Ethnos, he's kind of everywhere, and yeah. So I did enjoy this. It was mean-ish for well, it wants area control, and it may have gone on a little bit longer than I would have hoped for, but it was a fun game. So, what did you think of Batman Gotham City Strategy Game?
0: Well, I mean, I like I like Batman, but first I was pissed off by the fact they didn't have any female villains, and they went the villains they like okay, Penguin, Joker. Um, even Two Face, I get it. Pretty solid standard villain fare. Killer Croc, come on.
1: Yeah, that that was like a a, a low. <laughs> that was a weird choice. I
0: felt like that was a slap in my feminist face. Catwoman is a like, I think she's a better villain than most of the other ones. Anyway, oh,
1: uh, I agree. Yeah, I agree.
0: Part of it is because she is a woman, and Batman is so hung up on her that he acts like a moron. But that's a whole yeah. that's a whole nother I mean, story.
1: He's not quite thinking with his head all the time there.
0: <laughs> nope, nope, not at all. <laughs> Batsuit not helping things to work out. Uh, so Catwoman would have been great. Even Harley Quinn, because you have the Joker. Um, or Poison Ivy, for crying out loud, but Killer Croc. Um, so once I got over that, because I played Two-Face, because I also, I, I'm kind of a fan of Two-Face. It does remind me of Godfather, and I, which I like, but I like Godfather Better. I I don't like area control. I don't know if I've mentioned that before, (laughs) once or twice. But I do not like area control games. I just am so bad at them. Um, but like in Godfather, there is set collection and other things going on. In this one, there are are some sort of different ways to go about that making that set collection happen, which I think is cool because as you pick your villain, you as you level up, you get these different special powers that. Only your villain has, which I think is a cool thing to get that asymmetric player powers. You know, I love that stuff. Um, however, everyone is kind of going after the same thing. So I feel like that's kind of not the best. Also, I feel like the conflict is unnecessarily difficult. And I'm a really bad dice roller, so I feel like I wish I could, like, help pump up my character so that I – like, I had this awesome card, and I didn't want to rock the boat because I could have gone into, like, a different segment of the city and just had to duke it out with somebody, and I got, like, a plus five to my roll. <laughs>
1: Ooh, that's nasty. <laughs> it was
0: nasty. And I was holding on to it for a long time because I was like, oh, I'm going to make somebody cry. But then I know you don't like conflict. I didn't want to make people mad, so I didn't do it. Um, but I like that you, you do, there are multi-uses on the cards. So there are some interesting things going on here. Um, and I, I think I would put it again because I think it's one of those things that people who like um, World Resolve Combat, people who like area control, who like... Um, more of the war type games, battle type games, would get into this game in a theme that I actually enjoy. Um, if I would like to freaking make my own Catwoman cards and just go at it, but um I, I definitely liked it. It's not gonna be one of my favorites, but I can see it as being a nice bridging game for people of different game tastes and one that I'd be willing to play, much like Godfather in of Yeah.
1: I think I like this theme
0: better than the Godfather theme, just because
1: I like Batman a lot better than Godfather. (sighs) I don't know. But I do like the gameplay of Godfather a lot better. I just feel like it's quicker. Mm -hmm. um, It's a little more streamlined. And even the meanness, I feel like the meanness doesn't hurt you as bad. Yeah. So yeah, it's mean, but you're going to just reset next round and start over. So it's not a big deal. So yeah, that's my thought on comparing the two.
0: Yeah, I agree. I actually, like, I've never seen the movie The Godfather, but- I like mafia as a theme. Like I mentioned, yakuza, you could easily change Godfather to a yakuza theme and it would be awesome. Um and and so yeah, that's that's hard with this one because it is I would say Godfather is more streamlined. But I think in some ways this is a little more gamery because of some of the different things that you're working on and doing and the way the cards function. So I mean, it's it's not bad.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you like Godfather, Chances are you'd probably like this one. If you like area control, you're probably going to like this one as well because it's good. Yeah. All right. And then the last game we played, just me and you played, and this is a Dr. Finn game that's going to be hitting Kickstarter, I think, next month. And it is called The Feds.
0: Is this a two-player only?
1: No, you can play four. Okay. Okay. So what you're going to do in this is you are taking on the role of, like, a federal agency of some kind. They have different pictures. They don't really have names, but all the colors are different characters. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to go to these locations and do busts so you can arrest the criminals and confiscate their drugs or their contraband, whatever they happen to be selling at the time. They're called crates in the game, so it could be anything. (laughs) Um, So the way you're doing that is on your turn, you're going to play a card. You're gonna play it either. Uh, you're gonna play it face down onto this like surveillance area on the board, which is basically you know the next card that's gonna move into the field. And then as cards get bumped out of the surveillance, they're gonna go face up, or if maybe stay face down in the field, and it's gonna turn into like this area control battle for each location. So each card has a value of one to five. We all have two in a two-player game. You have two of each of the numbers. And basically by the time a certain number of cards flip in the location, it's going to cause a bust. And whoever has the most value of cards in that location will get first pick of taking some of the criminals or the crates. And you're just trying to collect sets of criminals and crates. So the more of the different colors of criminals, I think there are five. You're going to score more points. And if you can get a set of all three colored crates, you're going to get five points. So it's effectively an area control set collection game with some pretty cool components. And then after you play a card, you're going to move this little cop car around and you're going to be able to level up your player board so you can have some special abilities or you can do a sting at a location which will just give you a chance to get some extra crates so that's effectively the game um it's really easy to play it's simple it has actually pretty nice production for Mm -hmm. what it is i think we had a prototype so there was like a a misprint on one of the player boards which i'm sure will get worked out but it's a solid game i enjoyed it i like a lot of dr finn's games and this one might actually be one that i like a little more than some of the others because i feel like there's a little more game there so what did you think about the feds
0: Yeah, I liked it. I'd be interested to play this at more than two, just to see how that affects how you play it. Um, Because I think there is some some cool aspects about you are, when you can't raid to move up different types of the player powers you have, and you all have the same ones. But if they're ready to fire or not, when you want to use them, is what matters and being able to, it, it is area control, actually, which I don't love but getting the the highest numbers in certain places, but having the ability to keep some of your cards face down. So you have agents that are undercover, which I think thematically is cool. And then also adds to like, ooh, should I send more agents here because I don't know what power they have? Or at the last minute before I think a card's going to fire off or I want to force like a location to fire off um, to have like a raid there. And then I'm going to move different characters around or should I go and just like, perform a sting on a location so that I'm able to get what I want from there if I think that it's not going to quite go my way um I think that's really cool I love the colors and the art and the production quality like the little tokens of little spies that you're collecting in like that light set collection part uh, you know the tactileness of the cubes the fact that the player boards are inset, so as you move your cubes across um to like level up your different types of powers and stuff. They stay where they're supposed to be. I even like the color palette itself, like the colors they chose. I thought were cool. Um, Yeah, it's it's fairly simple, but I still think, yeah, like a a really compelling, fun little game. And I do like the theme on that too. I think it's cool.
1: Yeah, I I like everything about this game. I, I think the art is probably some of the best art that he's had in a game. Um, well, that I've played of his. I just really like it. It looks really nice. It's bright colors. And yeah, it's quite good. So those are the games that we played. Let's move on from that and go into this week's feature.
0: So like I mentioned up at the top of the episode, um, summer is unofficially starting, which means you might be going on a vacation. And even for us, we are... Getting ready to do like a little Memorial Day weekend kind of light gaming con with some friends of ours close to here, and so I thought, what a when I'm making my list because as disorganized of a person as I am, um, I like to make lists anytime I have to pack. It just helps me sort all the jumble of stuff in my brain from the other jumbles of stuff in my brain and put it into categories. So. I made a list of the games I want to take. And so I've been thinking about suitcase savvy games is how I've dubbed it. Games that I'm not just talking are small in size, but yes, in some ways they're contained in a fairly small box. Um, I was looking at a collection and I'm not going to haul a bunch of Jason's Shop Goodwill finds just because they're in those big, huge, old Milton Bradley um, long boxes that are falling apart um, and that smell musty. And so that's that's not really the aesthetic I'm looking for. Something that
1: smell is not must. It's fun. It smells like fun.
0: <laughs> Aged fun. A vintage wine of fun <laughs> smell. Indeed. Um, but I need something more contained because it's usually like a big open box and there's stuff just shifting around all over the place. And so something that kind of is contained, it has minimal or non-fussy kind of components and even set up um, games that maybe get more types of people involved. Because when you're going on vacation, um, you know, you never know if you're, you're going to have kids that come with you. You could have, you know, older parents, grandparents, people who've never played games that are like, oh, yeah, we're vacation. Let's uh, play a game, you know, drink a bottle of wine, whatever. I don't mean like per individual, Um, but, you know, different people that don't normally play games. And I try to think of ones also that as far as when you put the game out, it's footprint, something that could fit on like a picnic table, regular size. We're not bringing all the deluxe edition kind of stuff because, well, we're going to lose the components. We're going to not have a table big enough. So that's what I mean by suitcase savvy type games. And we also wanted to look for ones that, you know, you get tired of playing card games after a while. So we have a mix of different types of games. So, Jason, why don't you start us off?
1: All right. So the first one that I picked is a really good card game that I enjoy quite a bit. And I think it can play up to six people, I believe, which is a pretty decent size group of people for a game that is actually fun. And um, what this game is called, it's called For Sale. Most people know what for sale is. It's a little um, auction y game where you're trying to acquire these properties with have different numbers on them. So the higher the number, the better the property. And then you're trying to sell those properties back in the second round of the second phase of the game to get as much money as you can. And you're trying to end the game with the most money. It's really easy to teach, it's easy to play. It's just cards and some coins. You can fit it in. A, I have it in a little like plastic, like CCG card holder thing where everything's just thrown in there so it's easy to haul around you can put it in your suitcase no problem and most of all you can play six people and it's really fun so the first one i wanted to put on here is for sale
0: oh i didn't realize that's where you put for sale <laughs> that's why i didn't make it on my uh checklist oh yeah it's,
1: it's like in the little red like basket that we have and then like a, it's not in its box anymore it's just in a, a plastic case
0: oh well now i know um, so my first pick is also and that's a good game by the way. I guess I didn't comment on it. I like that game a lot. It's got a little bit of push your luck element. It's you really have either you take a card or you put a token on it. Like so teaching it to people is easy. Um and it's one of those that you can just like maybe if you're waiting somewhere to for dinner or something, that's a nice one to pull out. It can fit in a purse in a pocket if you're like jason you wear cargo shorts all the time which apparently are supposed to be like out of style or probably kids would call chuggy. but hey you can carry games in there
1: yeah and i think you were describing no thanks when you're talking about take a car to put a chip on it
0: oh shoot what game did you pick
1: (laughs) for sale the auction game where you're buying property i was like wait a minute you don't put a chip on these do you
0: no wonder i was like i don't remember seeing that game in that in that deck box oh, that makes so much more sense. (laughs) This shows how much I listen to you when you talk on the podcast. Apparently. I was actually looking at my next game. I'm like, oh, did I get that right? Um, So yeah, for sale also, you really can't do that much on your turn. You are gonna buy, like, bid on it or not. And then later on, it's like, okay, can I... Get rid of this at the right time. Like, what is other people going to play? So there's some out thinking there. Again, easy to get people into it because uh, most people understand kind of real estate. Or if you don't understand real estate, you look at the card and you can see if it looks like a crappy building or a nice building. Is it a cardboard box
1: or is it a nice house? Yeah, there. You
0: or is it a space station? You know, I mean... That's pretty clear on that game. So it's really easy. to just like, oh, yeah, I want this one. I don't want this one. Can I get this one for cheap? How much do I have left to bid? Like that idea of bidding and and also in some ways pushing your luck on what can I get for as little as possible? And what am I going to let go? Um, Definitely good. So maybe an honorable mentions. I need to put no thanks.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean that that does fit the criteria. It's just not what I picked. Yes,
0: I could put both of them on uh, on my packing list now. Now that we've discussed them, because I'm an idiot. <laughs> so my next game is also mostly just cards. Is this 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 is? I don't. I'm trying to think of who. It's
1: AEG. I know it's
0: AEG. Stop, stop, stop. But it it reminds me of a Seiji Kanai game, but it's not. It's Isaac Chalev. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Um, but the game is Ravenous River, and it is in one of those AEG, like small box games I love. We got this, I got this for five bucks, and it is super worth it. So it, in this game, you are, you get the role of an animal, and you're trying to cross the river. So there's two boats used to cross the river, um, and the thing is, it's like a hidden role, so no one knows what animal you are. And everyone can move all the animals, and everyone's got two action cards that allow you to kind of do something different where you can swap boats or empty out one or move it to the riverbank, like finishing it up, um, getting rid of an animal. They're, they kind of break. They allow you to do something special. Otherwise, you're just moving animals around. That's uh, putting an animal out in a boat, putting it on a bank. That's it. So it's really quick. But you're also like, okay, do I move my animal? Then everyone thinks it's my animal. Do I move other animals? Because there's this like circle of life that happens. It's almost like rock, paper, scissors, only with a lot more animals. So everyone's got their predator or prey um, in this kind of cycle. So you don't want to put, obviously, if you are, you don't want to put yourself with your own predator in a boat because you won't survive to cross the river. Um, once you get to the river bank and everybody gets off the boats, so you don't want to be there with your predator. And it actually is better if you're there with your prey, because then not only do you get points for getting there, you get points for eating your prey. So there's lots of, like, thinking to this, but you honestly can only do, like, three things on your turn. Place an animal from the deck, move an animal somewhere, or play one of your action cards. That's it. Um, and it plays up to seven, so you can get a decent amount of people in on it. It's just a simple set of little cards and like point counters. Like that's it. And so there's thinkiness to it. It doesn't take up a lot of room. It's in a small box. Um, people are fairly familiar with like that old riddle, like, okay, you've got a duck and a fox and a um, a bag of grain and you've got to get them across the river, but the person, you know, moving the boat can only take two at a time. That's kind of the fable, the riddle that this is based on. And a lot of people are familiar with that. So it's pretty easy. You can only do one of three things. And I, th- you just want to play it again and again and again. It's so fun. I love that. So Ravenous River is my first choice.
1: Yeah, this is a good game. We played this a lot when we first got it. And it yeah, it's, it's silly fun just trying to outthink your opponents and make sure that you don't get in the boat that something's going to eat you. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. So the next one I have, I, I did a card game. I didn't do this on purpose, but I did a card game. The next one I picked is a Roll and Write. And it is on tour. There's a couple of them I thought about picking here, but I think On Tour might be the thinkier of all of them, so I wanted to go with that one. And On Tour, it's a simple game. You're flipping some cards. It's going to tell you which city and which section of America you're trying to, to mark off on your board. Then you're going to roll some dice, and that's going to tell you what number you can write in either one of those regions or one of those cities. And you're trying to plan this um, tour for your type of music, so I usually play as rock so i'm trying to get my musicians to go across the 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 country from low number to high number or same number to same number as many cities as i can getting star cities or extra points to just score the most points it seems simple but man once you start writing down those numbers and you realize that you box yourself into a corner and you have to change your plans around it starts getting a little thinky so this is probably one of my favorite rolling rights i like the theme a lot and it's just fun so my second one on tour
0: yeah, this one's fun. And I've played this with all kinds of people and they really like it. It's just it's so simple. Like you roll the dice, you th- lay out the cards to see where the numbers go, you write down two numbers. But oh man, how you get those numbers trying to connect hoping that the right numbers come out on a roll, hoping that you get some free wild spaces. Um It's Yeah, it's such a good time. The production quality is really great on this, and I love the artwork. Like, There's just a lot of great things about this game. I really like it. Um, My second choice is Bristol 1350, and really it could be any one of the Dark Cities games by Facade games. Um, Hey, look at that. Did you see that?
1: Good job. Yeah, I like
0: that. So Facade is actually out of Columbus, so we're like repping local... Local people here, but the great thing about this set of games, including Bristol 1350, is that they look like little—they look like books, like old, weathered, rugged books, and I love that. Um, and I picked Bristol 1350 because it's the newest one of this set, and it has some of the coolest components I think ever. So the cool thing—you open up this little book. Inside is a rolled-up player mat, so you've got—that's your board so it's rolled up nice it's cute fits out there lays out there looks good stays down on a table then everyone's got their little apple carts you got these little apple carts out there there's three of them and then you got your little people the little pawns not the greatest but no, they f-
1: they're super tiny <laughs> <laughs> but they do tiny.
0: fit in the cool carts um the carts are metal i believe yeah.
1: They are metal. Yep.
0: Um, So then you're playing cards to try and keep yourself from getting the plague and try to get the apple cart that you're in out of Bristol before you get the plague or that someone in your cart gets the plague and gives it to you. Um, It's a pretty simple game. They play. I was I can't remember how many players this plays up to. I I think they
1: can usually go to 10.
0: Some of the other ones play really big numbers um and i didn't know if bristol 1350 up to nine so nine players that gets a lot of people in there again also really simple turns you can't do a whole ton you're just trying to get out of there so it's like sort of almost cooperative but you're like man i don't do you have the plague do you not and so with a lot of people this gets crazy but it's really compact the game is fun um if you don't care about apple carts getting out of Bristol not getting the plague. Um Tortuga sixteen sixty seven is really good. Um where again you're not sure which um flag or country The people that you're playing with are supporting, but you want to get the treasure off of the island. You want to be the captain of the boat. You can perform mutinies. You can maroon people, which is really cool. Um, Salem 1697 is another good one where it's like, ooh, who's a witch? Who's not a witch? Who are we going to burn at the stake? I don't know if that's literally in there, but you are trying to, like, it's a witch trial, which I think is great. Um, The one I like the least is um, Deadwood 18, man. I can't remember the date on that one. I remember the other ones and I was so proud of myself. Oh, Deadwood 1876. Oh, Salem 1692. Maybe I said 1697.
1: Deadwood is... Deadwood is definitely the weakest of all four of them, for sure.
0: I I like me a good Western theme, but that one's a little more convoluted than the other ones. But yeah, I agree. They just pack really well. The player mat is rolled up inside there. It's cards and little components. You can play a lot of people. Um, gameplay is is pretty simple. It's just those are just a good series of games. So Bristol thirteen fifty is my second choice.
1: Yeah, I, I mean I like all of these. I would play Deadwood too if someone wanted to, but. Yeah, Bristol and Tortuga are probably my two favorites of the set. They're really good. All right, and the last game I want to talk about is, uh, we'll say worker placement game. So it's a little bit more of a board game. So I had a card, I had a rolling right, now we're going to move into board game territory. And this game is called Parks. And the reason I picked this game is because we've used it in this setting. We've taken it to camp. We've played it, played it on little tables. It can fit just fine, and it works. And it also has the cool little... um, component trays the game trays that all the components sit in so you don't have to worry about them getting lost when you're dumping them out on the table so there's yes there's a lot of components but they're all contained pretty nicely in the box this game is awesome it's a you can call it worker placement but it's effectively you're moving your hiker to different sections of the trail trying to collect different resources so you can go visit parks using those resources which basically means you're fulfilling the contract by spending the goods to score some points Uh, it has amazing art amazing production the theme is pretty solid the expansion adds a little bit to the game, not enough to, like, make it go from if you don't like it to liking it, but it just gives you a little more stuff to go with. So, Parks, great game, fits this criteria perfectly. And if you're going on a camping trip, playing a game about visiting parks while you're camping seems pretty cool to me. So, third one for me, Parks.
0: Yeah, and this one by Keymaster. Check that out. Um yep is another one of their really well done. The production quality is great. The art is beautiful. And that's something that I think really pulls people in, pulls non-gamers in. We've had a lot of success with people really latching onto this game because of the way it looks. And set collection is a pretty easy concept to teach people. And so they're seeing those like, oh, okay, if I want this park, I need to collect these resources. Um And the resources are cool and pretty. Um, We have the play mat for this, which is nice. It does not fit in the box like Bristol, but it's also not large. So again, makes it really easy to set this up and play it. And people really are are drawn to it even if they're not gamers. And so this, this checks a ton of boxes for me for sure. My last one is also a game that has been kind of a tried and true as far as taking it places and getting people to join in. And that is the old standby Century Spice Road. Um, we have the player map for this also, which does not fit in there, but it's nice to have. We, we do have that, don't we? Or no? Um,
1: I, I don't think we do. Chris has it, oh, but we do dang not. Dang
0: it. I thought we did.
1: Dreaming. Like, I'm going to pay for that. Come I, on.
0: Well, that's why I thought I was real surprised. But I thought maybe it was like a special at a convention. And <laughs> sometimes you do crazy things.
1: Sometimes, but not <laughs> in this case.
0: Not in this case. But standard in the production of Century Spice Road are these really lovely, large size, like tarot size cards, which are easy for people to hold, manipulate. They like that. Um, it comes with the little bowls that hold the cubes that you use, um, for your resources. And it comes with metal freaking coins, which are awesome. Um, and so all of those production things coming right out of the box, and, and, and not a ton of things to keep track of also. It holds down well. It doesn't take a huge um, footprint up on the table. So yeah, we played this on small card tables. We played it on picnic tables. Um, you've got your, your little bits contained in the bowls or on top of the cards so they're not falling down on the ground. Um, and it's a game that people really like. The colors are pretty. They see it. They gravitate towards it. Um it's simple, like cube exchange, and then um, getting a contract. And it just is one that people seem to catch on to really well early on. Um, we played this with a ton of non gamers, like just out of the woodwork. They're like, Oh, what you playing? Yeah, I'll try it. I'll try it. Um, and one of my friends, she's a, even that like, this kind of started us to, to talk more again, I'd known her for years, but we um, became better friends because she's like, she sent me a message and said, Hey, I bought that game for my family for Christmas that we played at camp that you had. It was so fun. They really like it. Um, and now we, you know, we try and play more games just because Century Spicer kind of started it all and it hits a lot of those things the, the containers, the, you know, kind of non fussy setup components. Um, lots of people seem to jump on it. It has like a small footprint. It's just, and just a genuinely a good game. So my last choice is Century Spice Road.
1: Yeah, this is a great game. We play this an awful lot, and yeah, the bowls holding the cubes that makes it pretty nice because you don't have to worry about dumping them and losing them because they're in the bowl, which is pretty cool.
0: So of course we've got a bunch of honorable mentions.
1: Yeah, we. I mean, we probably have more honorable mentions than we have regular games, but we do. That's how we roll. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay, so our first set of honorable mentions are some that I wanted to put. But that I have put before, um, but I I couldn't, you know, let it go without saying them. Um, the first one I'll mention is My Star. I love that game. Is that Seiji Kanai? Because it's another small. Uh,
1: yeah, I know it's AEG. That's all in know. Box
0: one I picked up from AEG for about five bucks or something. And I talk about this all the time. It is Seiji Kanai. Yeah, look at me go. Um, I talk about this one all the time because I feel like nobody knows about it. Um, I don't play it as much as I'd like because it's three players. And for some reason, people don't love it like I do, but they just don't know. They just don't know. Um, And it's just a small little box. It's cheap. There's some cheap ones out on Geek Market, man. Um, Right now, it's Japanese themed. You've got geishas and multi-use cards Again, and even I think there's a little scoring pad inside the box. It's just yep. so good. It's so good. I love it. I love it. Uh, another one that we personally have played, two-player game, Holmes, Sherlock, and Mycroft. We bought this at our first Origins. And it is barely has anything to do with Sherlock and Mycroft. Um, but just a set of cards You're and, and basic set collection. So you're going around spending um, magnifying glasses to – pick up cards to try and get the most points. And then you're using that by doing some worker placement, going to these different um, characters from the Sherlock Holmes universe and either um, getting more cards or gaining more glass, like spy glasses or magnifying glasses to use. Um, but it's just a small game. It's quick to set up pretty easy. It's a good one. We played that on a ton Um, also just one really simple. You've got the little boards and the dry erase markers that are like compact in there and you got the deck of cards. I mean, like you, you, you really can't get much more basic than that. Um, it's an easy one to pull in people who've never played before. Even my grandma who makes a big deal about how she's too stupid to play games on and on and on. She liked this one, had such a good time with it. Um, it's It's a basic fun word game game that it, you couldn't get it at any you know big box store, so just want another good choice
1: yeah the my only issue with that one is it should play more players that could play like twenty people. I don't understand why it doesn't,
0: yeah, I agree. just get two two versions of it and put them together,
1: yeah, that's true um so the next one that could have made the list, and I actually almost put it on my list is Ars Alchemia. This is a really tiny box worker placement game. So you're basically you have these different sized pawns or different pawns and you're going to locations to get resources to convert resources into like spells to score some points. But the cool one about this one is each if you want to go to a place that somebody's already been, you gotta put more wor- workers out than them. So nothing's ever really blocked off. You just have to use your workers to get the ones you want. Really fun game. It it might be a little bit complicated to get up on a table cause stuff could fall off or fall through the slats or whatever, but it's a good game nonetheless. And it does fit in a suitcase. Uh, the next one would be a game from AEG called point salad, nothing but cards. You're trying to collect different types of vegetables to score based on these scoring cards that you're also drafting solid game. Anybody can play it. It's literally like one of the easiest games I've probably ever played, but it's fun. So it works. Um, also, the, there's a party game called Hoax, which plays. I'm not sure how many people it plays up to, maybe six or so. But it's a hidden role game where you're trying to bluff, make people think you are a character so you can use a special ability. They can call you out, and if they're right, you lose. If they're wrong, you win. So it's a pretty quick, quick game. It's silly, it kind of plays like Coup, but I like this one a whole lot better. So yeah.
0: Yeah, that's six players on that one. It's it's nice. It's a quick one if some if people like social deduction, um, but there's still some like additional little like components you can use with it, which I think is really fun. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't mention Splendor. That's one of the first games that I we had in our collection and played the snot out of. Really, I haven't played it for a long time, but again, you've got those big poker chip like um, gems and then the tiles that you're using. Um, it's easy to pick up on. This is a great kind of bridge game intro game for people and it packs up small. The components are really easy. Actually, it could be in a smaller box than it is, to be honest. Yes, it could. It could. So you could just put it in a Ziploc baggie for all that matters and take it with you. Easy. It's true. Uh, another really small box game, a roll and or flip right.
1: Yeah. Same thing. It's a flip and write, but same yeah. thing.
0: Silver and gold. Um, little cards um, you've got your dry erase markers you are just covering up shapes on your different islands to score points. And the thing I like about silver and gold is that then you can score bonus points by getting certain types of islands and you've got your coins and your palm trees that also give you points. So there's a little bit more going on in there that I really think is good. Um, Another key master game that I love, love, love with gorgeous artwork, despite their kind of snafu, in my opinion of the new version um, is caper. And, it's a little box, but there's a lot of stuff going on in there. The artwork is amazing. It, really, the setup is not very big. You're holding onto your hand of cards, and you're playing them down on the different locations in front of you to kind of take control of the different heists and um, group th- different things to score points. It's a fun and beautiful game from Keymaster.
1: Yeah, Keymaster knows what they're doing. And I almost put silver and gold on my list instead of on tour. But I think I, I like On Tour maybe a little bit better.
0: Because of the theme, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, because of the theme, yeah. um So we also have Bang, which is a card game, a Western card game, where players are taking on the role of renegades, outlaws, sheriff, and deputy. Only people who know who anybody is. The sheriff is known to everybody, and then you're trying to figure out who's on your team and who's trying to kill you. Sheriff's trying to be the last one alive, and the outlaws are trying to kill the, the sheriff. Yeah, it's a, a cool card game. Kind of take that, but it's solid.
0: I'd say Bang, uh, the dice game even also would fit in there as well.
1: Yeah, that's true. It's simpler probably to learn and play than Bang, but it gives you the same kind of feeling. Uh, Bonanza, which we've also taken to our camp, and it always goes over well. Uh, you're planting beans, trying to grow fields of, of types of beans that score a bunch of points. <laughs> uh, there's some trading and just yelling at each other that always inc- happens, and it's a good time. <laughs> Um, Go Splits is also been taken to our camp and it goes over well. Speed game where you're trying to recognize what's missing from the card or the exact item that's on the card that's flipped. You're trying to end the game with the most cards in front of you. And if you guess wrong, you have to give back some cards. Really cool game, really easy to play, but well, easy to learn. It's actually hard to play because looking at those cards and beating out people is a little tough. So, yeah, but good games.
0: Yeah, Ghost Blitz has like these really like good chunky tactile components that aren't going to blow away. Um, and Bonanza like it just is cards. So you could stick again, stick that in a Ziploc baggie and go like it's real quick, easy. The rules aren't enough that you need to have them on hand all the time, because there's not a lot of specialty set up for it. Um another card game that I really like if you're tired of playing just like regular euchre or whatever with a standard deck Hakakure beautiful artwork so cute um cuz you know I'm a sucker for an asian themed game but if 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 people know how to play um euchre it's a really easy teach for them And it's then a little more complex in the fact that, okay, yeah, there is a kind of Trump suit, which are the samurais, but you don't always have to follow suit in some ways. And there's like a, like a little dummy hand and you each have like these special powers um nobori tokens that you can use when you want to if you want to um and it's like a real quick round again very small kind of um like component wise but still a really super fun game yeah it's by nobody i know
1: Thought, yeah, that, that that game shouldn't be as good as it is it's really good
0: but it's so good again i already talked about no thanks because apparently i don't listen to jason and know the difference between no thanks and for sale i don't know why they seem so similar to me i don't i don't I, know
1: i don't either they're not alike at all
0: <laughs> no but in my head they're very close um like i said before that's do i take this number of points or do i put a chip on it and say no thanks and it's push your luck it's um golf scoring trying to get the lowest points and seeing who gets stuck with what and how much you can get away with um and then another social deduction game that we just recently acquired the game is called growl good for big groups of people if a lot of people are familiar with werewolf or i used to play the same version called mafia so maybe that's why i like mobster games um growl is where you're trying not to be a werewolf or if you are a a werewolf you're trying to make everyone else a werewolf and you're passing around bites and wounds and charms and salves um i'm also interested to play some of the expansions that we have on that um but it's kind of a social deduction with a little bit of an extra twist there but again small little box easy to kind of pack up and put out on a small table
1: yep I actually like uh, the more I play that one, the more I really like it. it's it's good,
0: yep. so those are our suitcase savvy games, contain games, you know, non-fussy components, able to draw in all types of people fit on a little table. And I know that there are plenty we've missed. I felt like we ha- I feel like we have a ton of these games because we're always carding games somewhere. <laughs> um, and I guess that's what you do when you are like, the board games dealer of your circle of friends. But I'm sure there's some we miss and I'm always looking to acquire more of these type of games. So what are your favorite suitcase savvy games? Tell us on Facebook hashtag the riveted that group is awesome and gets even more awesome as the days go on. Um, Instagram, the Twitters, and of course, the YouTubes. Jason is always posting videos. Um, We're trying to do better about getting me in some of those videos. Um, Maybe now that summer's here, I will do better. I can't promise anything, people. Um, But if you like those reviews, if you want to see something reviewed, if you want me to review something, definitely comment, like, subscribe, Um, click on the little bell so it reminds you of when those things go up. Um because we just love interacting with you guys and we love hearing about games talking about games, playing games
1: yeah and in case you don't get the notification or you don't follow the board game rundown, you gotta check out this week's episode because one of us may be on there and it's gonna be me because they couldn't <laughs> afford Katie. That's right so I join them via Zoom or Skype I think it was Skype and we talk about things that kind of turn us off in games so instant, Put the game back, back on the shelf and never talk of it again type of things. So go check that out on their YouTube channel. The board game rundown solid. They have a cool show. So go give that some love.
0: Yeah, we're still they're still working out my writer. Like I insist on having them send me a box of orange slices and they're trying to avoid it. They just don't get to speedway. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm gonna hold out. I'm gonna hold out. I'm a celebrity.
1: Somebody'll pay the fee eventually. <laughs>
0: Eventually. Uh, I mean, they're all okay. And honestly, if they would just kick Dan off the show, I would do it for free.
1: It's true. I think that was actually discussed on our episode. So yeah, (laughs) it it was was talked about.
0: Yeah. So um, we love being part of a community that uplifts each other that stays focused on the games and the kind of after
1: we just said kick dan off the show i know after i just said <laughs>
0: and i hate this guy no i don't i don't i just don't want to hear him talk um otherwise you know it's fine but we really we love board games um and i think that there's something that transcends any kind of political division any kind of those icky hard heavy stuff that we have to deal with in the world board games is a way to unite people and we like to focus on the games themselves and not get caught up in the other crap
1: yeah we try we do try we
0: do some, try
1: sometimes we get a little off off kilter and katie gets on her
0: soap it's but me i we know st- we still try still i trying. own it i own it i even got, <laughs> i got some in this this episode too so
1: <laughs> no it's fine
0: what can i say it's all right, I'm annoying. that's other the people all the comments say
1: <laughs> not all just one
0: <sighs> no, it's this the one I always come back to. I don't I mean, I guess some people are saying nice things about me.
1: Most people are nice. most of the, our listeners are nice. That's There's occasionally true. some troll that shows up that doesn't understand it, and then you know they start making comments, but it's fine. who cares?
0: I really feel like I need an arch nemesis in my life, so I welcome it. I welcome the negative comments. I like to dwell (laughs) on them and bring them up over and over again. It's kind of what I do. Yeah. Oh, I think we've done enough damage for today.
1: Yeah, I agree. Let's wrap this up, get some lunch.
0: Sounds good. I've been Katie. And I'm Jason. Keep gaming, everybody.
1: Keep gaming.
0: I really wish you would cut out that part where I was a moron and talked about no thanks (laughs) instead of for sale, but I know you won't.